Could the Chicago White Sox trade Dylan Cease or Luis Robert Jr.? Should the Sox trade their two very important core pieces? The trade deadline is just hours away. What other players could be on the move uh, as the White Sox look to just play out the season? Attention has shifted to 2024 and what the rotation might look like. Uh, White Sox start up a three-game series uh, with the first place Texas Rangers. Rangers are managed by a guy that might have been managing on the south side. You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Lockdown White Sox. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong, die-hard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Chicago White Sox will take on the Texas Rangers on Tuesday. Uh, Sox uh, have not officially announced a starter, but I believe Schultons could be the guy they go with. Uh, catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. State of the Sox, 43 and 63. Uh, White Sox had a day off on Monday as they are uh, traveling or already probably there, uh, which would be weird if they weren't, uh, in Texas to, to face a, an aggressive Rangers team. They've been making a lot of moves and probably maybe a few more to come before the deadline uh, as they're holding on to a very narrow lead in the AL West. Sox going in a completely different direction. Um, as I am recording here, uh, you know, there have not been any other moves. Uh, we've got the Giolito, uh, the Ronaldo Lopez. We've got Lance Lynn, Joe Kelly, and Kendall Graveman. I think there are a, a few other pieces that definite, can, definitely can be moved, uh, position players and pitching uh, before that deadline. A lot of other teams, a lot of other action happening uh, on Monday, some surprising stuff, especially with Cleveland. So the question really is, uh, do you keep Dylan Cease? Do you keep Luis Robert Jr.? And I feel like a lot of people, you know, when you talk to different Sox fans, like, well, no one's untouchable, but you got to hold on to Luis Robert Jr. He seems like that guy that, you know, offense, defense, uh, just about everything. He can impact the game. Uh, in so many ways on a nightly basis. Uh, pitching standpoint, it's like every fifth day you're going to get something out of an ace. And uh, sure, you need that anchor. You, you need that guy uh, that holds down. Uh, hopefully it's a, you know, it's a veteran presence uh, that holds that rotation. And boy, 2024, we're going to get to it in a little bit 
uh, later in this episode. 2024 is uh, looking bleak. So you, you say the White Sox are going to be competitive, that they're going to try to compete. I know the AL Central is still going to be uh, you know, forgiving, but boy, uh, I'm wondering where this pitching is coming from. Now, after saying that, what do you do with Dylan Cease? I mean, he has some control. Uh, he's obviously a coveted, a coveted pitcher, and there aren't maybe a lot out there right now at the trade deadline. He's a, he's got, he's a Boris client, which the Sox don't really play well with, but the White Sox do not pay for pitching period. Okay. Uh, They, they, they rarely, uh, if ever will offer an extension. I think you got to go back to John Danks from 2011. That was the largest extension for a pitcher. Uh, They don't acquire premium pitching, you know, uh, in the free agent world, they don't they don't spend for it. They might trade for it every now and then, but they're not going to spend for it. So do you really think in a couple of years, whatever it is, uh, uh, they're going to be able to retain Dylan Cease? I don't think so. So uh, it's kind of a, you know, a circular argument, I guess. Do you keep Cease and, and, and especially Luis Robert Jr. and try to build something around them? They are the two. Uh, the two pillars or the foundation, however you want to call it, uh, that we're going to build around here. Pedro Grafol is, is going to be able to put his fingerprints all over this, but it's Dylan Cease and Luis Robert Jr. that are the holdovers. Um, or do you say, you know what, we're just kind of wasting uh, their prime years. If some team offers us the absolute farm and gets desperate and crazy, whether it be at the deadline or during the winter meetings or uh, maybe even next year, they hold on to him like they did with Jose Quintana uh, into the summer of 2017. Uh, they did not sell him off during the winter meetings. Uh, and, and Cease is just really cooking uh, next season. And, and some team just pays an absolute king's ransom. You say, what are we doing with Cease anyway? It's not like we're winning right now in 2024. Uh, I don't know. That, that is a question of where the organization is going. Uh, if they really think they're going to spend some money this offseason, as Bob Nightingale has hinted, and uh, put some pieces together to make them competitive in 2024. Personally, at this point, I don't believe that's going to happen. So if a team uh, like Baltimore, if they can even do something like that, or a team that's really hungry, maybe the Cincinnati Reds, and they say that this is our guy. This is absolutely our guy. We feel it this year. Uh, and if the Sox are interested and they're listening, you know, we're going to put something together. Uh, so I, that, that's the that's the argument I've been having with myself. I know like there's, there's been stuff on social media talked about it with my co-host Pat Hester on the uh, Good Guys Talk Back weekly Chicago White Sox podcast of where the Sox should go. You know, you. I don't believe the Sox do a very good job in developing to begin with. So, you know, what's the point, you know, of, of waiting to develop these guys around Cease and Robert? But then you're going to get back prospects that I don't believe they're even going to be able to develop those into a winning season. So, it, you know, I, I'm kind of negating myself and I'm talking out of both sides of the mouth here, but that that's the type of argument we have here. I, I'm not looking to, you know, just drop Cease and Robert for nothing. I mean, that's insane. Uh, but are you going to waste their prime years as this team? Because it is. It's a, it's a remodel. It's a retool. It's a reimagine, whatever you want to call it. Are you going to waste those years 
uh, when this could be a sell now opportunity right now, especially what for Cleveland got for their pitcher uh, from Tampa. So uh, Robert Murray from uh, fan cited said the White Sox have already traded, of course, Lucas Giolito, Lynn, Kelly, Lopez and Graveman, and they are likely not done. Uh, reliever Kenyon Middleton has drawn interest from bullpen needy teams. Uh, they will give away catcher Yasmani Grandal, who is in the final final year of a four-year, $73 million contract, as Nightingale reported. Uh, they will listen on shortstop Tim Anderson. A trade involving Dylan Cease is considered an extreme unlikelihood, but with the market starved of high-end pitching, it would behoove the White Sox front office to listen to inquiries. Uh, and this was from... MLB trade rumor. So Cleveland dealt Aaron Savali and his uh, two and a half years of affordable control on Monday. Kind of a surprising deal to Tampa for Kyle Manzardo. And Manzardo, 23 years old, was Tampa Bay's second round pick in 2021 and quickly hit his way onto the top 100 prospect rankings throughout the sport. There's little doubting that Savali is a quality performer when healthy, but Savali has only reached 100 innings in one major league season and has only twice reached 20 starts. So that got me thinking, if Cleveland's getting that for Savali, I wonder what uh, Dylan Cease in his years of control would gather. Uh, Ken Rosenthal from The Athletic, uh, this is what he wrote recently, the White Sox are listening on Dylan Cease and everyone else on their roster. The perception among many in the industry is that Cease and center fielder Luis Robert Jr. remain all but untouchable, but some rival executives see the White Sox willingness to entertain offers as an opening, however small. In the White Sox's view, nothing has changed. They are simply doing their due diligence, staying open-minded and assessing the values of players and what might be possible. A trade of Cease the 2022 American League Cy Young runner-up who is under club control for two additional seasons would require a massive return. But the given demand for controllable starting pitching, who's to say the White Sox couldn't get it? The pressure on buyers continues to mount as the hours tick away to the trade deadline of 5 p.m. local time here on Tuesday. The White Sox figure to listen right down to the end. If someone meets their price for Cease, great. If not, they will simply hold them and perhaps revisit the discussions in the offseason. So that is the real question here. Are you going to build around uh, Dylan Cease and Luis Robert Jr.? I think Cease is the one that could potentially be moved. Uh, I think there's there's probably no question on Luis Robert Jr. He is staying uh, with the White Sox. Again, they might listen, but I don't know if a team out there has enough uh, to get Luis Robert Jr. Dylan Cease, maybe someone gets really, really greedy, really desperate because of the lack of opportunities for front end starting pitching and that, and that, that controllability. And they feel like, you know what, we're going to be competitive for a couple of years. We can really put something together here for a run. Uh, and we're going to go after it right now. Uh, I, I, I understand where Rosenthal is going with, you know, this can come down to the last minute, last hour, whatever it may be at the deadline to see where other pitchers go, what other teams, uh, you know, they're looking over their shoulder to see, you know, Texas looking over their shoulder to Houston and in other tight races throughout Major League Baseball, uh, you know, could be a move of, well, someone's hand just got pushed because of what a rival did. Uh, they've got to re-up that move. 
so we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, I, if I had a bet, I would say Cease and Robert Jr. Uh, they'll stay in White Sox uniforms, but again, uh, you never know uh, what could happen at the last second. Uh, there are two names that you could probably uh, pencil in right now, uh, but the rest of the 2024 rotation is far from figured out. Uh, more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Uh, forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Uh, get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, uh, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Uh, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, a lowest price guaranteed. Our Chicago White Sox face off against the Texas Rangers on Tuesday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Search White Sox. 2024 rotation. Um, you know, it's it's no secret the White Sox are looking uh, well past this season into the offseason and beyond. Uh, uh, Grafold pretty much uh, spoke to that to a T in some postgame comments after the Cleveland loss on Sunday, uh, evaluating the talent uh, that's in there right now and, and what might bubble up to the surface after the deadline in September uh, and everyone's fighting for a job. Everyone's going to be evaluated, especially himself and the coaching staff. Uh, it sounds it sounds very Ricky Renteria esque. I remember him saying something like that, and then he he was gone and replaced with uh, the legend uh, Tony Larusa. So, what is this rotation going to look like? You know, Rick Hahn had had mentioned, and and others like Bob Nightingale have kind of pushed it. Uh, out there, as I think he is such a puppet for the front office, uh, that, hey, in 2024, the White Sox still want to be competitive. And I think that's really a message to us fans and uh, ticket holders and folks that are thinking about maybe a, a package for, for next year. It's like, oh, uh, this is interesting. So they are going to try to compete in 2024. Well, I am in. I'm keeping my money with the White Sox. That, that's what they want to pitch to us as fans. I don't really believe what I'm seeing right now, how they're going to feel that. Now, things can change in the offseason, in the winter meetings for sure, uh, but right now it's looking kind of bleak. Uh, James Fegan had a write-up in the Chicago Sun-Times talking about uh, the rotation. There was a bit about Garrett Crochet I talked about in the previous episode of Lockdown Sox and his desire, of course, to get into the rotation. I don't know if he's got the buildup yet. I don't even know if he's been able to do that with all the injuries he's had. So how is he going to manage that uh, into next year? I don't know. Uh, this is what Fegan uh, had for us from the Sun-Times. If the White Sox have a notion to return to relevancy next year, uh, who will pitch in their rotation? I'm sure everyone would like to know what that's going to look like. Pitching coach Ethan Katz said, 
Uh, we'll talk a lot about different scenarios for next year, but we've still got two more months this year. Uh, guys have opportunities to really help themselves for next year, and we'll see where it goes. A cat said he has been too involved with the churn in Chicago to review video of newly acquired prospects Nick Nostrini and Kai Bush. Uh, but given Bush's rough debut Saturday with Birmingham, uh, three and a third innings, 12 hits, seven earned runs, no strikeouts, they might need more seasoning before getting on Katz's radar. It's a great opportunity for the guys here, Katz said. Uh, it's always from a coaching standpoint, exciting to help these guys develop, teach them at this level, and make uh, every day count, and hopefully build for next year and see what we really have. Uh, I know there's a lot of folks that are completely done with uh, Ethan Katz and you know the Katz Laboratory and all the all the stuff that you know the magic that he can create. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen anything that I'm absolutely overwhelmed by. You know, and and I look at a guy like Michael Kopech that we're going to hear about in, in, a, in a couple moments here about the whole new culture. Kopech looks absolutely lost. So I don't know if it just Ethan Katz is just like, I can't do anything about it. It's a mental thing for, for Michael Kopech. Uh, it, it's not a mechanics thing. His mechanics look right. We've been able to fix some of that, but it's between the ears for Kopech. Uh, you know, and there've been other guys that I just, I'm like, this rotation, like what, what is happening with these guys? How come they just haven't been able to figure out Lance Lynn, you know, one of the worst, I think maybe the worst ERA amongst all starting pitchers in MLB. Obviously he's now on the LA Dodgers. What went wrong with that? Is that just something that Lynn, you know, knew what he needed to do, but he couldn't achieve it. Was it flagged by Ethan Katz? And it was just physically like Lynn could not figure out, uh, how to throw a wipeout cutter to stop throwing it in the zone. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, sounds like Ethan Katz believes he's going to be around to continue to work on this rotation heading into the off season and uh, put things together for 2024. So you're looking at, I think Cease will stick around. Uh, I, I really do, but I, I could see, I, I get why they're listening. I absolutely get why they're listening, especially after that Cleveland situation with Aaron Savali. So you got Cease, then you got Kopech, who, yeah, he he could be moved to the bullpen. Uh, he's got the velocity, you know. Uh, he did, he seems to not have the endurance as a starting pitcher. The worry for me is the the lack of control coming out of the bullpen. You know, that's what you want. If you come in a, in a pinch with guys on and you can't throw strikes and you're wild and then you get, you know, behind an account and so you're throwing a cookie cutter fastball, middle, middle uh, to just put something serviceable there and it gets bashed. What does what good is that? Uh, so I think, it, again, it's that that work of trying to become, uh, you know, a pitcher, not a thrower, which I thought that's what Kopech was going to be zeroing in on. Uh, in 2023. And, and maybe again, he tried and it just, for some reason, there's something mental going on, but so you got Cease Kopech, I think Tuki Toussaint, which we'll see in this Texas series. Uh, and we saw him in uh, on Friday against Cleveland pitched pretty well. Uh, he's got the stuff. Ethan Katz has talked about it. He's got the stuff. Uh, he's got some, you know, some fun kind of different angles and stuff. And 
look, uh, that's where we're at right now. I, I think Tuki Toussaint's in your 2024 rotation. And, and hey, if he can go the innings and if, and if he can minimize damage, maybe he's not the guy that I thought was going to be in the rotation. But you know what? It works. Uh, and, and then you look at guys like Jesse Schultons, who, who might be starting the, the Texas series. As I was recording, uh, there wasn't a starter uh, mentioned for Tuesday's game, but it feels like it could be Schultons. Uh, Schultons, I'm sorry, that you know hasn't uh, hasn't had an opportunity yet to start in a while, so it might be him. Could he be in the rotation in 2024? And then you've got some question marks, a big question mark, and, and maybe some of the other guys that I mentioned aren't even in an option. And so that that's what we're dealing with right now. Now it's it's only August 1st, and there's plenty of time, and we've got a whole off season. But again, if the White Sox are starting to look at 2024 we might as well also look at some of those scenarios and, and the rotation is one of those. How about a new culture uh, focus on uh, focus of the White Sox, loosen up and have some fun. That's what Daryl Van Scoven wrote in the Sun-Times. Uh, the clubhouse has been kind of weird all year, Michael Kopech said. Uh, we had high expectations for ourselves. I don't know if we ever clicked or even uh, really got close to reaching our potential. Right now, I think the primary focus of this clubhouse is to loosen up and go back to ha uh, go back to having some fun playing baseball. I know it's hard when you're 20 games under, but it can't get too much more miserable than losing a lot. Uh, we're going to go out there and play hard and compete and try to have fun doing it. Uh, we still have some good veteran leadership roles in this clubhouse now, and uh, they're going to do what they can do to change the atmosphere here, Kopech uh, said. Uh, having fun is the only is only one layer of the clubhouse culture. Grafol wants to change. It's nearly impossible to do so on losing teams. Uh, Van Scoven wrote, "It will be a culture of hard work, but also fun." Uh, and he had this message for Kopech on Sunday after the slumping pitcher's la latest rough outing. Uh, just got to go out there and really enjoy pitching, not put so much pressure on himself. We've all seen him go out there and just have a lot of fun and be electric. So uh, we've got to get him to that point. And uh, we saw the clubhouse, uh, the the dugout react to Tim Anderson's home run on Sunday, uh, Saturday, his first home run. And, you know, you, you can make arguments with was Lance Lynn, the, uh, the, the fun police, which I don't know if I necessarily buy that. You know, it was one game you know, where we saw this excitement and then they went back uh, to, to their losing ways on Sunday. Uh, so I, I don't have enough to really build up an argument with that. You do have some veterans, but how long are they going to be around? You know, you can really make a case for Elvis Andrews just being DFA'd. You know, there's no point in having him around if you're trying out young guys and trying to see what you have uh, on this team for the off season into 2024. Uh, you know, Maybe the pressure's off this team now. You know, maybe it's it's clear. It's it's, it's completely clear. Uh, the White Sox are not in it uh, for the division race. There is no postseason play or, or hopes for postseason. Uh, it is more of just we're going to play this thing out. Uh, and and Grafol's looking to maybe get a head start on creating this culture. Uh, you know, with a year in now, with a season in, and, and if he is given the opportunity, which I think he will be, uh, he'll be around still, uh, to, to get guys to buy in, again, trying to get guys to buy in still into what he's talking about. And maybe it's the young guys, uh, the unproven guys that say, you know what, I haven't been around the game long enough. I don't know how it's done anywhere else. 
this is how I know it's done by Pedro Grafol and, and the White Sox. And so I'm going to buy into this. Uh, and, and look, there is no more pressure on this team. So maybe they just go out and they play spoiler. They just have fun. And, and then maybe even after the deadline, when, you know, hey, it's over. The dust has settled. We know who's going to remain on this ball club for the rest of the season. There's no more worrying. I mean, am I going to be uh, moved at the last second? Where am I traveling off to? And then all the pressures that that comes with, uh, you know, maybe after that deadline, they're really pressure free. And and you're seeing some loose, fun baseball. Uh, that is definitely a possibility. But you know, Grafol has talked about it now uh, a few times about trying to create uh, this different culture. Why he has not been able to figure that out because it was something he kind of mentioned in the offseason a few times of how he wanted things to go. And it just—I don't know who was holding him back, who was not buying in. Maybe it was multiple people. Uh, that seems to be something he's still trying to wrestle with. Uh, the White Sox will tangle with the Texas Rangers. And what other players could be moved at the deadline? Uh, more on that uh, in a moment. Tuesday in Texas. How about these Texas Rangers? Uh, 60 and 46, uh, a one-game lead on Houston in the AL West. They have been making moves, added uh, Max Scherzer and you know, I don't know. They might they might still add a little bit to this ball club. Uh, you, they're managed by Bruce Bochy. And, you know, way back when, before Tony La Russa was brought in to uh, manage the White Sox in the fall of 2020, you know, I caught some rumors that uh, Bruce Bochy was high up on that list. And then after La Russa was convinced, finally convinced, I think he said no originally to, to Jerry Reinsdorf, and then he thought about it and talked to some people, and then he decided to to come out of retirement to manage the Sox. It sounded like Bruce, Bo Bruce Bochy was going to be the guy if La Russa, uh, turned the Sox down. And Bruce Bochy mentioned, uh, you know, in circles again last offseason, uh, when they were looking for a new skipper and eventually decided with the unproven, uh, the rookie, Pedro Grafol. But I was kind of intrigued about Bruce Bochy, you know, a winner. Um, but then you're then you're looking at the, like, well, La Russa was a winner. Uh, Bruce Bochy out of the game, but not as long as Tony La Russa. Bruce Bochy, it sounded like maybe was dealing with some health is issues. I think he got, obviously, a, a clearance and Texas went all in on him, and, and he was very excited uh, to, to join the Rangers, heard their pitch, heard the direction that they were going to go in, and, uh, and, they want, and they wanted him to lead this ball club. And he certainly has, as they are 60 uh, and 46. So you can wonder, uh, as I do sometimes, what would have happened if maybe Bruce Bochy came uh, to the south side, especially this past fall? What if the White Sox... Uh, went with a proven veteran manager, somebody that was maybe just out of the game for a year or two, uh, had a ton of experience, World Series culture, winning culture, and and commanded respect, absolutely commanded respect. Um, I don't know. I don't know if anything would have changed. Uh, so again, no starter name, but I think it's probably going to be Jesse Schulten's. Uh, other happenings and rumors uh, – before this trade deadline, 5 p.m. on Tuesday, it sounds like the L.A. Dodgers might be interested in, in Yasmani Grandal. Again, a guy that Bob Nightingale reported the Sox are willing to just give away. Uh, there's some history between the Dodgers and Grandal. Uh, I think Grandal's probably going to be looked at more for, for his bat, maybe play a little first base, you know, D.H., 
it'd be odd if, if a team just completely just put in a brand new catcher uh, this late in the season. But, you know, if injuries uh, happen, you know, the team has to pivot. Uh, the Brewers made a move for an outfielder, so that might make uh, Aloy Jimenez safe. It sounded like the Brewers were really interested in a bat, uh, an uptick in their offense, and an outfielder. Uh, Aloy Jimenez mentioned quite a bit in rumors, as was Jake Berger, uh, that the Brewers were checking in on Berger. And it still seems like, you know, the Sox are listening on Tim Anderson. I haven't heard any other teams. I've heard Dodgers, but that's kind of cooled. You know, Miami Marlins was the hot team a couple days ago checking in on T.A., I don't know. I haven't heard anything new or fresh. I'm sure what, as soon as I'm done recording this episode, there'll be a, a bunch of flurry of different White Sox news. It's sometimes how it goes, but uh, maybe right down to the wire uh, on Tuesday evening. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, you find your podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore a GGTB. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Sox take on the Rangers on Tuesday. Catch every pitch of the White Sox hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Uh, search White Sox. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen every day. And hey, everydayers, you know who you are. You know I appreciate it. On the next episode, I will recap game one of the Sox Rangers series. Thanks for making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Morawski. Until next time, go Sox.